Hey, it was good, what's good, what's good. Welcome to Reflections of a DJ, the road podcast presented by DJ City and Beat Source. I'm one of your hosts, DJ Crooked. We have DJ Never here. Yo, yo, what up? We got Jamie the Great. Yeah. Uh, D Miles is MIA. He's getting his ass fixed once again. Once but again. we have another co host. We have Eddie McDonald. What's good, Eddie Mac? What's <laughs> good? Good to yeah. see you guys. AKA, good to be back. A- AKA Record Man for DJ Pee Wee. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Tech. Um, yeah. And we got a special, special, special guest. Hip hop legend, icon, it's produced for Snoop, Big Daddy Kane, Wu Tang. I mean, most you gotta def- start off with the, the New York rap you see. Wait, 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 no, no, I'm going. I'm gonna get. I gotta end it with that. I gotta end it. Look, there, there's so many. There's so many artists. I love that, Snoop, but come on. I mean, I gotta start. You know, I, I gotta end it. I gotta like you know narrow down to New York. You yeah, know what I'm okay. Just take right. it back home. So Black right. Rob, Wiz Khalifa, Public Enemy, Slick Rick, Heavy D. Dos effects, Miles Davis. I mean, this is not. I'm not even naming all of them. There's, yeah. there's even more. Hello, Alicia Keys. Right. Mm-hmm. He's maybe the only producer to ever work with Biggie, Pac, J, Mob, and Snoop together. Mm. Uh, I had a conversation with someone, and they, we we called him, you know, the East Coast Dre, the, the East Oof. Coast Dr. Dre. Truth, truth. Mm. Grammy award winning hip hop legend. We have Easy Mo be in the building. What's good? Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. No, thank you for coming through. Thanks for thanks for being here. Yeah. When was the last time you was in Vegas? Um, like about a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. I've been out here. I I come. I've been out here a couple of times. Just hanging out. You was at on the record, right? Yeah. Last night and the last time I came, I was on the record also too. It was a big deal. I remember. I think Mel Star was DJing. Shout to Mel Star. He stopped the whole party. Busy B came through. Yeah. 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 We had um. DJ Mel Star. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Soon as soon as yeah. we walked in and Mel saw it's an incre- it's a, yeah, it's a crazy they, video. Mel's that yeah. kind of guy, like he can keep energy in the room with no music playing. As soon as he saw Moby, he's like, stops the music. Just creates this <laughs> moment. Yeah. He's like, hold on. And he does that whole I want you to look at this man right here. I mean, he did, did, a, he, know he, did he did an amazing tribute. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was dope. And of course, dope. Mel, you know, he's flexing, he's playing like, you know, the the, sep- the, the, yeah. the separated stems of Craig Mack <laughs> flavoring your ear. That's what he did. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. what he did. Yeah. How the fuck you get this? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. So if you know Mel Star is like he's you know, DJ in Harlem. And mm-hmm. he, he flexes. He has all the <laughs> he has all the like the rare MP3s and, yeah. Yeah. with just all the separated tracks. He'll he'll drop like Slick Rick uh, Children's Story, mm-hmm. and he'll start it with just the, the baseline. Ch- yeah. 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 yeah, above it, above and beyond that though. First of all, that's my man. Above and beyond all of that, he's so nice with his hands. Man. Oh, nasty, he's such oh, a nasty, nasty DJ. Nasty. Absolutely, salute nice. DJ Mel Star. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I was talking to an, another uh, friend of yours, Goldfinger. DJ Goldfinger. Oh, you're talking about my Brooklyn home. <laughs> yes, right. He go all the way back to like the early 80s. I used to actually hang out with his brother, mm-hmm. me, my boy D, and his brother. We were like tight. And he was like shorty at the time. <laughs> Wait. He didn't hang with us. Goldie was a short person? <laughs> He's so tall. Not short, literally. But I used to hang out with his older brother, yeah, and... Uh, yeah, uh, Goldfinger's got a, a, a heavy history going back to the sure. music um, with Beat Street Records mm-hmm. yeah, in, yeah, yeah. in Brooklyn. Yeah, he's been at it a long time. Salute DJ Goldfinger. Yeah, I hit, oh, him, yeah. Yeah, I hit him up and I was like, you know, I, I need to get some info, you know, on Easy <laughs> Mobile. Let me get some, some inside, inside story. Yeah. <laughs> and he was telling me about like your pause tapes. He was, you know. 
oh, that you yeah. were used to make. Oh, he remembers that. He remembers, yeah. Now, speaking <laughs> you, of pause tapes. You, you want to explain that a little bit, yeah. like the pause tapes? Okay, um, the pause thing, believe it or not, the history of the pause or what you call the edit, it didn't just start during hip-hop. It actually was happening during the disco years, and then I've heard that there's like some Beatles records mm. and different records from the rock genre genre and where they would take the they would cut the tape and just just to loop like a certain part over and over or the the cut process the edit is for edits you got a record that's like 6 minutes and 39 seconds they cut the tape cut it down to like a 329 or a 230 but we would Im- we would imitate that whole process with the pause button on your tape deck. Mm-hmm. And what it is is, okay, like, let's take a break. Dance to the drummer's beat, right? It goes, okay. If you was on the turntables. Okay, so the pause button is on pause and waiting. And when that part comes up, release. Pause. Right. Pick the needle up, put it back. When that part is coming again, <laughs> unpaused. And we, I'm, oh man, I made crazy tapes back in the day. This is imitating what you don't have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you compensating for what you don't have. Right. Mm-hmm. And what I didn't have when I first started out was two turntables and the mixer. Right. What I saw the guys out in the park, what they were doing. So that's what the that's why I used the tape edits on the uh the tape deck and I went from that. Yo, I was even doing like tape edits on I guess I still got real the real pause tapes. Oh damn. Really? Real talk. <laughs> I just don't I gotta buy me another real the real player a deck. But <laughs> yeah, it was serious, man. I was getting it in either way. <laughs> I was gonna get it done. What I saw those DJs doing, I was imitating it. So did you always want to be a DJ or that was my first love. That's what it all started out. Well, my father, God rest his soul, he just passed away uh, not too long ago. The original influence of music comes from him. Mm -hmm. In our house, he played everything from Motown, gospel, blues. And I'm talking about that down dirty Delta blues, (laughs) Jimmy Reed, John Lee Hooker, uh, funk, soul. That's where I picked all of that up, the, the original love of music from him. Then growing up in the projects, they started to bring the sets outside, and they was having the block parties and jamming in the park. So I'm a little kid. I walk up. I see the DJ. He got two turntables and the mix in the middle. He got the headphone on. He got one cup on <laughs> and one ear out, and he's doing that, and he's going back and forth. I was like, that's what I want to do. Hmm. And then the DJing just, I made a natural evolution to producing. You know, a lot of us hip-hop DJs, we made that natural evolution from Pete Rock, Large Professor, Diamond D. We all started as DJs right? and made that transition into producing. Music lovers, vinyl collecting, DJing, and then production. Yeah. And then just like using your parents' records, right? Do you still have... Your father's records with you? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy yeah. how it lasts that long. Mm-hmm. And then, 
what was the first like what was your first uh, equipment for production what was it the sp12 or do you really want to know? Yeah, 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 yeah. I want to know. I don't care about our listeners, but All right. we want to know. This is about us. <laughs> nah, because I want to tell you. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah, not going to believe yeah. that. Okay, um, back in the day, everybody, uh, if you're old enough to, if your parents had those like Fisher home systems in the living room, yeah. mm-hmm. they had a turntable that came with it. it was, the turntables was either made by companies like Gerard or in particular BSR. We called them bullshit record players. <laughs> we, we created our own uh, abbreviation for that. But I got one, um, and then my, my boy, rest in peace, uh, witch doctor, Norman, mm. he had one. So we put that together. And then I lived in the projects. They used to throw things in what they called the ramp. It descended, and it went down, and the janitors and the maintenance men, what they would, they would like... You throw all your junk in the ramp. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm walking past the ramp one day, and I see this small microphone mixer. It's got the potentiometer, the power knob, and then it's got one, two, three knobs for mic inputs. I'm walking past. I run over. I'm like 13, 14. I pick it up. <laughs> and the top wasn't even on on it. Like It had like rope, cockroach shells in there. <laughs> I blew it out. Nah, serious, real talk. That's amazing. So I'm looking at the circuitry from the top because it don't have to, But I flip it around, and I noticed that there's three quarter-inch inputs for mics. So you know what I said? I said, mm-hmm. we're going to go downtown to Radio Shack, and I'm going to get um, a male quarter-inch to... Uh, Would be probably... Female RCA. Female RCA, yeah. And I took those... We took those uh, BSRs, yeah. put them into... The adapter, mm. turn one knob up, turn one knob down. We were literally cutting wow. like that's just how bad. <laughs> Technically, your first rotary, rotary mixer, yeah, yeah. 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 Like, a, like do it DIY Yuri yeah. or Bozak. Or, yeah. And then and then um, at that time they had something called SYEP, the Summer Youth Employment Program, mm-hmm. summer youth jobs. So I got a summer job, and I polyed a little situation with. The boss and I asked them all the other kids they was ready to like bounce and get out of there I'm being smart I pulled them to the side I said yo you think I could uh you know work at your store you know as an after school job he's like yeah I had it already planned when I when I got that job then that's when I started buying records mm-hmm. I bought my techniques a real Gemini mixer yeah mm-hmm. you know so no, techniques. Wow. Techniques back then was just like seeing, like it was like Ferrari, seeing. There was yeah. nothing like it. I mean, it's for the, yeah. like I can't like I, I think my first was like Gemini belt drives, like with no torque. It would take probably five rotations just to get to thirty three and a third or whatever, you know. And they had the um, direct drive yep. and the belt drive. Oh yeah, you had the SLD ones and the SLB ones. I had the cheaper version, the SLB one on one. <laughs> and you remember the remember the, the record the record players where um, when the needle gets to the it end to the it pick up and, the, and, re, and yeah, resets yeah. onto on the yo mm-hmm. word is born man we opened <laughs> the techniques open open it unscrewed it and that mechanism that caused it to we broke that <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah you're not picking up and moving anymore oh my yeah. god. Damn. 
because <laughs> because there were certain records, and I can name a couple of the records too. I remember them by heart. The break was at the the record was at the end of the album, or the break was at the end of the forty five. Mm-hmm. What were some of those records? Uh, the oh. theme theme from SWAT. Theme from SWAT. Theme from SWAT. Even her about Rise is Rhythm like Heritage. That. Rise is like it's that. the last record yeah. on the end of that that side of the mm-hmm. album. Um, Funkadelic, a joyful process. Forty five. The break is at the end. There's a break in the beginning, but the mean break is at the end. Mm-hmm. So. No more jumping, man. Went inside and broke yeah. that mechanism. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we did what we had to do, man. Yeah. Yeah. So how did it feel spinning that on the record last night? You was on vinyl. You brought your vinyl. Like, how many crates did you bring with you? Cases. Oh, cases. I, bought, cases. I, bought, I bought two carry cases. Two carry cases. Me. It's 2022, and Easy Mobi is still doing that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, nothing, it's nothing that I have to prove. It's a real love. It's just something about the vinyl, the sound of it, um, being able to put your hand on the record, mm-hmm. and uh, you know it's and Anderson Park he came in last night mm-hmm. and he did the same thing. It amazed me that this guy he's he appreciates the vinyl too. Yeah, you know, but vinyl is on a heavy comeback um, from 45, 12 inches. Um, the Silk Sonic album is gonna be released on vinyl soon. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I gotta get, I gotta get on pre-order for that. <laughs> Definitely. So you don't mess with Savato? I have every part of it. Every part of it that I need was given to me, and I just haven't used it. Really? And why yeah. is that? I just like my records, man. <laughs> there was I, a, I you know what? Like I heard a story about um, you was DJing at the club in New York. Mm-hmm. And you came in, and the DJ was playing on Serato, and the first thing you said was, "Yo, give it to the Serato. I'm using vinyl. I don't, I don't need that." <laughs> I don't. Well, I don't know if I, I told him get rid of. I mean, you but, just but you just. But said, I made it known. Yeah, I'm I, gonna be. I made it sound vinyl. a little bit worse than it really was. But you was like, yeah. "Yo, I'm, I'm using vinyl. I'm, I don't need yeah. the Serato." <laughs> yeah, I gotta clean that. The rumor is you slapped him in the back of the neck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, don't say that, man. <laughs> don't say that. I'll tell you why we gotta clean that up because. <laughs> You wanted me to clap earlier, right? <laughs> clap it down. <laughs> the reason why we got to clean that up is because there may be a misconception out there about me that... Is there? Ma- we never heard it, yeah. Well, let's hear. I'm sorry. That maybe I hate Serato DJs or Serato or Digital Period, and mm-hmm. I don't. Mm. I don't. This is just something that I just still love to do. And, I, and I'll say this, too. Um, as much as... Ooh, we we talking well over 10 years ago when I was still bringing the records into the club mm-hmm. and I was posting on Instagram when a lot of people were not doing the DJ sets, like, you know, they put their phone on their camera on it. So, and then bringing 45s into clubs, it is unspoken, but I'll say it here. I know for a fact, that I, I'm responsible for helping to revitalize hmm. the culture of vinyl, at least in New York. Because mm-hmm. there, there, there was a time where people was laughing at me. And it was like, oh, yo, you bringing them up. And 
I ain't gonna say no names, but a lot of the same DJs. <laughs> now I see them spinning vinyl. vinyl. So too. Yeah, they do. They do Serato also, but yeah. now they're doing vinyl gigs, and I just yeah, I just laugh inside because. Are you I'm serious? Like, There's DJs that laughed at you, like they were clown, like kind of clown me, man. Really? Best as they could, like yo, yo, you still doing that? You still get with the new times? Hit a laptop. But there's, I just love vinyl, man. I just love. Yeah, over records. the pandemic, you had your live, your IG lives, and it was for hours sometimes. You just playing crazy, and it still, and it still yeah. is. Yeah, from EST is from like midnight to six a.m. You count that PST. That's nine p.m. to three a.m. Yeah, and it still is every weekend, every Friday and Saturday night on Twitch. Yeah. I call it TMS weekends, and TMS comes from the original radio show that I have for over four years on Chill Lover Radio, and that's the Time Machine Sessions. Mm -hmm. That's another side of me. That's my classic disco, rare groove, and house side. Mm. And it's unbelievable, people. They know me for Biggie. Mm -hmm. They know about Buster Rhymes, Tupac, Yo Mo B, man. Drop that shit. (laughs) And then they, they come on to the Twitch, and they see me rocking house, and they're like, wow. Well, I love music. It's Period. Fun. It's Always a, it's, have. It's great. It, it's, a great, it's a great broadcast. I, yeah. I, yeah. I, it, he, he had me the whole shutdown, man. Exactly. I, when I got put onto it, and I'm like, it's just nothing flashy. It's just a great DJ engaging his crowd and playing dope records. And then when he yeah. gets into the house, I mean, uh, just the, the, the quality control and the, the quality of, of, of music that you hear is great. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he does these marathon sessions every Friday and Saturday. And, and it's funny when we had met the first time we were talking about this last night. Yeah. We were in the backyard and on the record, this was like 4th of July, right? 4th of July weekend. I mm-hmm. think. Yeah. And, um, and he's explaining, he's like, you know, I do a stream on Twitch called Time Machine Sessions. I said, I'm a big fan. I said, we, we engage regularly. He's like, wait. I, I said, yeah, I'm the same. I'm, and my handle's Eddie Matt. I said, I'm the same guy that we've been talking. Like, I didn't like, know. Oh, shit. I had no <laughs> yeah, idea. Man. Yeah, I, no I, idea. I highly recommend it. If you haven't checked out Time Machine Sessions, Easy Mo B on Twitch uh, every Friday and Saturday. I highly recommend it. And you go in there, you see Melba, Melba Moore in there, and he's chopping it up with Melba. It's 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 really yeah. cool. It's really cool, mm-hmm. and it's a cool community he's built. You know, I mean, that's you know, if you're doing if you're doing Twitch right, that's that's a big part of it is building that community with your your friends in the chat, and then eventually getting to meet them in real time. And and you know you you know been through a lot together with all that shutdown those yeah. shutdown broadcast so I remember when you did the first live I mean it was like the t- all all the DJ group chats that I'm in they it was going crazy like easy mobies on fucking IG live and they were bugging out you saw the first one yeah. I, we saw like yeah. the first couple wow yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you was like a, you was a talk everyone was talking like yo easy mobi like or IG live y'all gotta hop on because mm-hmm. it was just like all these legends we were seeing, like Easy Mo B's on, we were like crazy. Yeah. And, and I definitely, I engage with, with the people um, I've created. Well, they've created as, fo- as, a, as followers by now what I call TMS fam. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like over a hundred of them, a whole bunch of them. And if nobody else comes in, if outsiders don't even come in, I got my regular following. And they there, cool. I call them TMS fam. So. Yeah. It's, it's for them. It's a reflection of, the music is a reflection of my age, my history, my experience. If you see me playing disco, my age and the experience 
and the record digging knowledge that I've uh, you know I've accrued over the years affords that. You know what I mean? Uh, in 1977, when um, say like Donna Summer or whoever was out, that was my music. So it's it's my music now, and I still want to share it. Mm-hmm. But hip hop is also a part of me too. I grew up through all of those phases, and I just want to share it. That's all. It's it's funny because I, I was you know Shecky Shecky Green Shecky Green yeah, <laughs> yeah. he came out he, he came yeah. out last night I was talking with him and during your set and we were like wow he's he's actually he's playing hip hop we thought you were gonna do like you know break beats <laughs> disco and like house nah and I was like he was like wow he's he's throwing down like hip hop and shit it's still fifty fifty it's, yeah, it's yeah it's equal it's just yeah he reset the yeah. room last night you know yeah. I was kind of I think my last record was Glenn Jones I am somebody and then he opened mm-hmm. up with the with the, uh, with the Zulu War chant oh no with uh, yeah real love real love yeah. And just reset. He's like, he was like, we're gonna get there. He's the like, Zulu War Chant, real. Love. Oh no, well, yeah, it was yeah, real, yeah the, with the real, with yeah, the yeah, Betty Wright, the yeah, cleanup yeah. woman. So, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. that's crazy. Yeah. So wait, you you were just speaking. Everyone knows you for Biggie, Tupac, and everything. Are you are yeah. you like sick of talking about Biggie and Tupac? Why? Because you don't want to. <laughs> 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 yeah, I'm ask you so many questions. No, we gonna talk about whatever you want to talk yeah. about tonight. I was like, I, I want to talk about some Biggie and Tupac shit. Nah, nah. I, no, I nah. actually felt bad because I saw like your past interviews and all you talk about is Biggie and Tupac. And right. I'm like, no, you know what? It's like I'm glad that you started off the way you did, and and we talked about those subjects yeah. because I love the way you you just started this office because. Everybody else, they just zoom right to that. <laughs> the lowest and hanging it's, fruit. It's, it's like, yeah. And I, I'm multifaceted, it's, man. It's yeah. so many different things about me from the DJ. For sure, yeah. Digging. What's more, yeah, exactly. Collecting, mm-hmm. um, producing on both sides. You know what I mean? From hip hop to like house. Mm-hmm. I mean, you didn't jump right in. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? Most people be like, <laughs> <"That's> I, <laughs> I have a question. Um, what are some, who are the producers that you kind of looked up to before you started doing production? Mm. Oh, okay. Some of the people that I respected and influenced me the most is Molly Maul. Mm-hmm. Herbie Lovebug. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, Hitman Howie T. We Brooklyn. good friends. We talk on the phone mm-hmm. from time to time. Um, People that a lot of the uh, younger generation and producers today, they might not know. People like Skeff Ansel. Yeah, of course. Brand yeah. Nubian. Yeah, yeah. And Quest. Um, oh, Kev- there was also one I saw that you um, that was influenced by you. That's from the Bronx. Said G. Oh, yeah. From Ultramagnetic. I was getting ready to finish off. Said G is in there. <laughs> and um, Paul C. Rest in peace. Paul C. So many records that he made. Where when I was still doing the pause tapes and I was listening, I was like, yo, how are they doing that? I didn't have the equipment yet, mm-hmm. but I had the concept in my mind, the arrangement and everything. I knew what I wanted to do. Paul C was at it like before me mm-hmm. and highly influenced by him also too. We also know that Large Professor became a protege out of him. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I was influenced too. Was there anyone that mentored you, or did you like? Because I I remember coming up and DJing, I almost like taught everything myself, pretty much. Kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty much like self-taught. Um, 
Because you look like you were, I mean, you were putting shit together. You were finding shit in the dumpsters and shit. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Which, done, which is, which is really the story of all hip hop in the 80s and like maybe the early 90s, right? It's just that we were all just trying to find different ways of like making it real, making, making music. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like Grandmaster Flash with his um, technology with the Q, mm-hmm. the Q system. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we're not just DJs. We deeper than that. We yeah. have brains. Yeah. <laughs> Real nerds. <laughs> mm-hmm. I can't forget DJ Jazzy J, mm. who used to be um, paired together with Africa Bambata. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He used to do the parties from uh, Bronx River Projects. Um, I say, uh, yeah, DJ Jazzy J too. Heavy influence. Who's in? Te- who remember when I was saying some people were supposed to come out last night? Jazzy J was supposed to be yeah. coming out tonight, and they had they something happened on on their end. But yeah, just he's in town. Self taught. I wanted to finish up on that too. Um, when I was younger, I was always able to sit and listen to the records and pick out the instruments. Mm. You know, ind- individualized, and I could hear that the strings is doing this and the bass, the percussion, and so when you produce, that's really all you're doing. You know, you you imitating a band. Right. That's all it is. It's just arrangement, so it's natural. I, I did some minor production, but I, I did the same thing. I would listen to, like, you know, a song over and over again. And the fir- first couple of times I'd study the drums, the hi-hats and the rhythms, mm-hmm. how, the ba- how the kicks and the snare hit. Then I'd try to find a bass line, see if it changed up every four bars or eight bars or 16 bars. Yeah. And then the guitars, and then you, it's just layering, layering. That's all it, it is. That's all it is. And then that's with hip hop, you just, you don't have the instruments. So you're getting a bass line from one thing, you're getting, looping a drum from another. You know, you're taking yeah. xylophone you, from you something. You create like these yeah. mega, mega groups where you got Clyde Stubblefield as your drummer, and you got, you know, uh, you know, Sly Dunbar playing bass for right. you, or whatever, wherever you're sourcing this stuff from. It's, it's amazing. It's such a, such a, Right. And so, like, I, we, you know, Never and I have been doing research, a lot of research. Mm-hmm. And your first production credits are, like, for Big Daddy Kane, right? Actually, a little a hot minute before that, I was in a group called Rapping is Fundamental. Rapping is Fundamental. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we had put out an independent single in 1989. The A-side was Ain't No Smoke Without Fire. I'm here to save you. Forget what others gave you. Put up your sword, cause I'm the eliminator. Old Jack or new Jack, as long as you're not whack. I'm not speaking frick frack jack. You better step out. was, you want a trip? Pick up the pen. We're about to do it again. The last jam is out for this jam is in. Well, I'm coming at I have any storm. That time I rock, I left the mic on. That was on Kahafa Records. Then in 1990. Were you the DJ? Or were you rapping? I only wanted... I only wanted to be the DJ. But you were rapping. AB Money and JR in the group convinced me to be the third member. Because I'll never forget, AB was like, yo, come on, boob. Yo, we need that third man. So he said he had an idea, a concept for a group with three guys that all sang and all rapped. So that's what rapping is uh, fundamental was about. It was doo-wop mixed with hip-hop. Mm-hmm. We sang like doo-wop style. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Doo-wop soul, but with hip-hop. 
<laughs> so then when um, over at Uptown Records, when Mary J. Blige and them came out and they was like hip hop. So I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> Hold on. I've been doing this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so wait. So, you, so then from there, you linked up with Big Daddy Kane? Yeah, that was the first true commercial product. Mm-hmm. I just didn't want to make sure to forget my early you beginnings with rapping is fundamental. That was my first release, and that was my first shot at producing. Mm. But Big Daddy Kane on is a Big Daddy Thing album. Right, his second album. Mm-hmm. Another victory. Here comes the conqueror brother that varies and never ceases. Violators pick up the pieces uh. that are left behind as you left the fun. The fury of the five fingers of death are mine. And call him Mr. Welfare. You know that lady on the top floor of my building? The heavy set one with about 10 children. You may remember her as a slim honey when her man name was Pimp Daddy Hustler Stack Money. Featuring yeah. one of my favorite DJs in the world. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. DJ Cool, DJ Red Alert, cool, cool DJ Red Alert, Uncle Red. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, how how did you get on that album? Because I remember um, when that came out, that was like a big deal. Because that was Kane's second album. Yeah, yeah. I was, they, I was wondering if it was through Mr. C though, right? No, in huh? Brooklyn they got a high school called Sarah J Hale, mm-hmm. and AB Money used to go to school with. Big Daddy Kane at Sarah J. Hill. So we had we already had the group and we were early starting with the group and A B used to tell Kane, like, yo, my man Boo, you gotta check him out. He kept pushing him off, pushing him off. Then finally on the second album, because we would tag behind with Kane everywhere he went. Like, and then finally he was like, Yo, what you got? And then that's when I presented the uh the melting pot. The Booker T and MGs mm-hmm. and and then um I remember right before that or around the same time, Roxanne Shante, she put out live on stage. I was like, Oh man, yo, they killing me. <laughs> but it ended up going down in history as a great record and it got airplay and all of that. That is what put me on the map. Those two joints, that and call him Mr. Welfare. And it, you you linked up with Mr. C obviously when being around Big Daddy Kane, right? Big Dad, um, what's his name? Uh, DJ Mr. C. We grew up in the same building together mm. in the projects. I lived, as a matter of fact, we lived in the same line of apartments. We lived in the C line. He lived, his family was 8C, and I lived in 11C. You know how you, um, your mother's looking out the window, and you crawl up next to her in the window, you looking on the windowsill, looking out with her? I used to look down and be like, Yo, what up, Calvin? <laughs> you look up, hey, what up, what's up, booby? It's <laughs> my family nickname. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we grew up together in the same building of the same housing project. We already knew each other. I, I think you were telling a story about linking up with Biggie. And mm-hmm. then, you know, obviously, I think you were on Russell Simmons Rush Management, right? For producers. RPM, Rush Producers Management. He Rush created, Producers Management. Yeah, he created a producer management division. And I yeah. think, and you know, you guys linked up with Miles Davis or uh, through Rush? Because like you said, I think Russell was hanging out with Miles mm-hmm. a lot. And he had a woman heading up that department, rest in peace, Francesca Sparrow. So she was the one that was running that. And I walked into the office one day and she told me, she said, boo, she knew me that well, too. She called me by my family nickname, too. 
That's what they call me in the project. She said, boo, Miles has been hanging out with Russell Simmons and he wants to do a hip hop project and I want to send him some of your music. I'm gonna, is it okay for me to send a reel of your production, some of the stuff you've done so far and available tracks? I said, yeah. And then that led to a, an appointment, a meeting at his apartment. Wow, it's crazy. He was living on Central Park West then, uh, right right across the street from Central Park. Wow, went up there in the house. And, How intimidated were you? Intimidated at all? To me? Hell <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, because the stare, he just like <laughs> he just look at you, like look at your feet, look you. He was a real um, eccentric type dude, and I was just happy to be in his presence. The stuff that we did, that we came up with, I had no idea that right after that that he would pass away. Yeah. But it's, it's went down in history. It's won a Grammy for Best R&B Instrumental. That always boggled me because it wasn't in the jazz, but right. I was looking at a... Um, me and my lady we was looking at a um, Robert Glasper or something, a documentary or something like that, and he said the same thing happened to him. And I just kind of chuckled. I was like, worry, Robert? <laughs> same thing happened to me, too. <laughs> you did a, a ton of production for the album. Like, you I did, did the whole album. Whole, yeah. The entire was, album. How was it? Wow. Was it like, how long did that take? And how did you guys work together? Like, did you... First of all, it was um, six songs done together, and then he fell ill mm. and went into the hospital. So his manager came back to me and he said, look, Miles, is, uh, he's real sick, and just in case he might not make it, we have an idea to dig into the Warner Brothers vault of tapes, and we want to pick three songs, and you remix them. Mm. We'll pair the, those three with the six that will be nine. Mm-hmm. And so it ended up... No, actually, the reprise of Mystery made it nine. I, I remixed... Um, the remixed songs where he wasn't present are Fantasy and High Speed Chase. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... So, I, so in essence, on the album, I actually recorded six, six songs, songs with him. Then. Two weren't. And then there was a reprise of mystery that made, what, nine. What was the starting process for that? Would you just play him a beat? Would it start with your beat and then he would kind of layer on top of that? Or how did that? I'm, just kind, had, of, I'm kind of wondering because in hip hop, right? To like, you start producing, you've done Big Daddy Kane, and then you just go like to Miles Davis. It's, just, <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Like, I would, I always be, I would be really intimidated. You know what I mean? I mean Listen. <laughs> Listen, man. It's not even like Miles Davis came after like Biggie and Tupac and like all you know. It's like you Listen. know Big Daddy Kane and Miles Davis. Can I tell you who that? was the hottest rapper back then? With <laughs> right back in '89, in '89, nobody was bigger than Kane. LL Cool J. <laughs> nah, Kane wasn't. No, LL kind of. I understand what you're saying. <laughs> he wasn't the only one out at the time, yeah, yeah, but yeah. yeah, he was the man. Man, back yeah. then, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, he was the man. Mm-hmm. Um. And so you say, how did the recording process start? When I yeah. went to that meeting at his house, I brought some tapes. Yeah, we were still playing tapes at that time. 
mm-hmm. and I played music to him. I played him a couple of ideas, and um, for one, I played him uh, something from the Genius album. This is pre Wu Tang. Mm-hmm. The Genius right. hadn't even changed right. his name to Jizza. Yeah. Right. This is before. Uh, this is like Prince Rakim. Before Thirty Six Chambers. Yeah. Yeah. All before that. Yeah. 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 Before Liquid Shorts. So there was a song on. Um, Francesca, my manager, she has sent over music from on the reel of production, songs that I had done up to that point. And one of them was this song, True Fresh MC. And it was real funky and hard. And, and we was in his apartment. He was listening to that. He was nodding his head. He was like, first of all, I'm bugging. Like, yo, yeah. Miles like hip-hop. <laughs> <laughs> and then... After it went off, he was like, no, while it was playing, he was like, give me that. Mm. Do something like that with me. I'm like, for real? <laughs> at that point, he put me at all ease. Mm-hmm. I, from that point on, I felt comfortable. Mm-hmm. And then it was just about submitting beats. And he would come into the studio, and he would blow. Obviously, at home, he didn't practice them, because, yo... He would do just one straight long take. That's it. Mm. One long take, and that's it. I never, ever saw him punch. He might have uh, tried to do like two takes on a song, like, oh, let me do it over one more time. But he never punched. It was always all the way straight through. And I was telling somebody that I, I saw heavy similarities between the way Tupac and, and Miles recorded because they both was the same way. Wow. Like when they start, they go all the way to the end. There's no stopping. Mm-hmm. Like Pac would get mad if you stopped the tape. Just say like, um, if I die tonight, he was like, if I die tonight, if I die tonight, <laughs> and and then when the next verse come, he start up with that. He did not like interruptions, and Miles Davis was the same way. Wow, damn! What's what's the one thing you like learned or like you kind of cherish from working with Miles Davis? Um, like be a good follower, man. Don't you, you can't do like what you want to do. Just like with that recording process right there. Mm-hmm. Like my engineer, yo, he screamed on my engineer. And that taught me right there, like, it's not just about you in the studio. It's about their vision, too, and what they want to do. Besides the fact that he was Miles, I was going to listen to him anyway. But it's important for you to listen to the artist. It ain't just about you. Right, right. You're the producer, and you might be hovering over them and, you know, experience or whatever. Maybe you got a new artist coming. But if they have an idea, listen to them. Because I listen. When you play party and bullshit, that's why you hear, here we go, come on, here we go, come on. Because I listened, when you play Machine Gun Funk, you hear, I live for the funk, I die for the funk. What am I talking about? Biggie pulled me to the side in the session, in those two different sessions. He, you know, we playing the song back, just the beat. And Biggie actually leaned in my ear, music blasting. He said, yo, he said, yo, I hear, I hear, here we go. Come on, here we go. 
Wow. Come on. You know what I'm saying, Mo? I was like, okay, okay. Wow. So in a sense, he co-produced that. He co-produced. Wow. <laughs> but he didn't even want no credit. Right. It's just an idea that he had. Mm-hmm. Now, I could have been snobbish. This is what I'm talking about, listening. Listen to the, to the artist. And it's not just about you. That thing that he told me, man, I played that joint in the uh in, oh, you played yeah, last in the ballroom last night. You know, and a lot of times I sit back, I listen to it, or I'll be in a club. I'm spinning and people going crazy. And I'm I'm looking at it, I'm like, you listened, man. Yeah. Mm. I live for the funk. I die for the funk. That was his idea. Wow. Yeah, I was, I, I was I, next to Easy Moby going crazy when Party and Bullshit came on. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, I was right next so to So you were singing, here we go. <laughs> Come on. Here we- <laughs> it's, it's fucking surreal. I, I, think I was wild, talking with yeah. you, or I was talking with Shecky, and Party and Bullshit came on, and then Easy Moby's DJing. We're like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, what like, the you know, fuck? Never, never thought this would happen in 2022. Yeah, you know, know what I mean? I lost epic my shit. shit. Crazy. Yeah, that was epic. And I had more in there too, but I didn't want to overdo it. <laughs> you should have overdone it. Yeah, you should have overdone it. <laughs> <laughs> should have played Temptation. Always Because yeah, like, yeah. I love other people's music too when I DJ. I'm not just playing just my stuff. But going back to that, yeah, that's essential right there, man. When you're working with people it's not just about you. It's not just your vision. You'll listen to them. They got an idea. Listen to them. It could work. I, I wanted to actually, now that we're on this, like with Biggie, I was wondering, like, you know, like working with him, the writing mm-hmm. process and everything, he was really involved with like the construction of the songs, like the choruses and everything. Oh, yeah. He was on top of that. Matter of fact, let's go back to, um, let's, um, uh, on, um, Party and bullshit. I was a terrorist in the public school era. Bathroom passes, cutting classes, squeezing asses. Smoking blunts was a daily routine since 13. A chubby nigga on the scene. We was recording, right? <laughs> he did the, the, the first and the second verse. Then he got to a, sec, a, a certain point. He said, yo, Mo, yo, we gonna go, we gonna go in the booth, man. And I, I want, I'm gonna do this, this, um, this interlude. Oh, shit. This break. I was like, what are you talking about? He said, yo, just just come in the booth. He told the engineer, yo, cut out all the lights. And we all got in there. It was me, him, Little C's, some of the junior mafia, whatever. <laughs> he said, yo, this is what I want y'all to do. Everybody just take something, just start throwing shit around. <laughs> <laughs> That was uh, the the fight the fight scene in party of bullshit and a fucking that fight is, broke out. Yeah. Oh man, that was crazy. It's funny because I was about to ask you who idea was it? Yeah, to, that was his idea. Part. Wow. Oh, Yo, if you listen real low in the background in that break part, you hear somebody saying, "What happened to the music?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> Yo, what happened to the music? Can we all get along? Chill, man. Yeah, Chill. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I had no idea what this dude was doing. But when you play the wow. song back, when you do, can sense. we just all get along? Yeah. I was like, oh, that's genius, man. Wow. The way he just came That's up crazy. That. Was this idea to do the like the shooting the dice in the beginning of I Love the Door as well? Yeah. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. He was really kind of a visionary, huh? Like the way he put songs together. Like yeah. almost executive producing yeah. it. He had the vision. Because mm-hmm. I was going to ask you about The Warning. Oh. I have all these questions about The Warning, the song. Okay. From... Like the concept, the chorus. Did he come up with that, or did you guys work on that together? Oh, you talking about damn? I didn't want to sit before my favorite. Yeah, that's him. That's all him. That's all. That's all him. And um, "Walk On By" by Isaac Hayes. That's the sample, yeah, right? 
Yo, I remember being in the car. I was little, no doubt, man. My father, man. Oh, I miss him so much. He used to play the Hot Butter Soul, Isaac Hayes album, hmm. on 8-track. Oh, you had to listen to the whole thing. <laughs> he took that 8-track from the car to the house. When I got older, I loved the, the album so much, I went and I found a copy of my, of my own. And I just always loved that record. But when I was playing it, I was like, it's too slow. It's too slow. Then I thought about what Grandmaster Flash and Grand Wizard Theodore and all of them used to do with um, another Isaac Hayes record, uh, Breakthrough from the Truck Town soundtrack. What they would do is they throw it on 45. And they did it to Rocket in the Pocket mm -hmm. and Sarone. Ike's movie. So I said, yeah, so I said, yo, do that to the walk on by. Today we call that, producers call it chipmunk in the record. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily that it's got to be vocals there, but they call it chipmunk here. So I was like, yo, speed it up. Mm -hmm. So it went from, well, I drummed it up and left the track real sparse. Just, it's just a little bit of drama in there. I was like, leave it. Don't do too much. Yeah. It's like leave the room for him to like talk because he was telling a story and it worked. Amazing. It worked. There's, there's a real genius part to the drums where it just breaks down. Now I'm yawning. Wipe the cold out my eye. See who's this page of me and why. But it kind of just, it comes like every 30, I don't know if it comes every 32 bars. It was programmed that way. But it was programmed I thought it was just way. genius because the beat is just so simple. Mm -hmm. And then when those drums change up, yeah. it creates this all of a sudden drama, Impactful, especially with yeah. whatever the fuck he's rhyming with. Mm -hmm. To see who's page me and why. And I've then, done that. I've always done that, you know, mm -hmm. like... um. You have like, um, if there's a four bar segment, then the first three bars, the drums are going a certain way. And right. then when it gets to that last fourth one, you know, or even further down in the record, I'll do something that's not happening here. With Tupac, I don't know if I'm jumping on him too no, early. No, no. When no. we did um, Running, from the Running From The Police. Right. That was the original title, and then it just got knocked down to running. Check it. I grew up a fucking screw up. Got introduced to the game. Got an ounce of fucking fuck. Chopping rocks overnight. The nigga Biggie Smalls trying to turn into the Black Frank White. But the OG version, now they calling it the OG version. The OG. <laughs> On YouTube, they call it the OG version. That's why I, I, I listen to it. Right. On, on that, um... The bass line was played through the SP-1200, but whether y'all know it or not, the bass line was played live all the way through. And if you take, in the SP-1200, if you take the bass and put it into multi-pitch, then it becomes doom doo 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 So you can play a bass line. And I would play as long as until I messed up, and then I would tell my engineer, Eric Lynch, yo, Eric, bring me back, punch me in, and then... So that bass line is played all the way through, live, just like a real bass player wow. will play. That day was crazy, man. 
Pac was there. And he had his entourage, Mo Prem and Outlaws in there. And Biggie was there. Um, and he had Junior Mafia, a lot of all of his people. I had a whole bunch of people from my projects up in there. It was seriously ghetto. <laughs> Real packed. That day is like clear in my mind, man. That That's one of the, uh, that's the last harmony I seen between them, the two of them. Yeah. Wow. And then I woke up one day and separate ways. They, something went. I know one thing. I was glad that by that time, I got that work in, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I got my work in separately and together on both of them. Wow. And then the craziness started happening. I said, oh, well, at least I got that done. Yeah. So I never felt particularly, truly in the middle. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The work was done before all of that. And I'm well, happy yeah. for that. Yeah. How was it when you were in the studio with them together? And how was it? How was the chemistry with them? It was working? dope. They was like exchanging ideas. Yo, when we get to um fourth bar, Pac was like, Yeah, 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 you, you, you. They was like talking together and planning the song. So you out. saw them and you were like, these dudes are tight. They're like tight. Friends, they was friends. It was cool, and then just complete one eighty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think the the stuff that happened between them was much bigger than them. Yeah, yeah. You know, and um, a lot of times, um, entourages. Sometimes you can end up fighting somebody else's war. Mm. I'll say it like that. Mm-hmm. I'll put it like that. You know what I mean? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad that I didn't become involved with that. I always chose to remain neutral. You understand what I'm saying? Like I'm not. I'm not fighting nobody's war. I'm just a music producer. What Jay Z said. I'm a businessman. <laughs> <laughs> I am a business man. But I'm also a businessman, and that's that's the role that I played was to just just be who you were, be who you are, the producer. Right. Mm-hmm. Shoot, I got that music done before all that anyway. I was like, I just wish the best. It's, it's funny uh, when I was speaking to Goldfinger, he kept saying like, "Easy's just a true professional. He's just a real professional." Mm. Like even in the East West Coast shit when that was going on, and I don't know if. I don't know if like, you know, like, I don't know, like maybe the the recent generation that never experienced it, it was like pretty heavy. It like Yo, it was um, a heavy ass weight over hip hop. I'm mm-hmm. telling you, anybody today that think they experience in a battle or beef between two artists, it's nothing. It cannot be compared to that era. Nope. And it seemed like every three, four days something new would jump off. And you would all you would learn about all of it by hearsay. There was no social media. No, there was no YouTube. No, Mm-mm. there was no. Um, did we have pictures, camera, and video phones. on phones yet? No, 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 no. It was all radio. He said she, yeah, and magazines and rap pages. Rap yeah. pages. <laughs> oh my god, Word Up magazine, <laughs> the Source magazine, Source. Yeah. Thanks, Shaq. Double XL. <laughs> yeah, man. I would just I would be glued to the radio listening to that shit. It was just heavy, and it's like it really was where motherfuckers in New York 
Like I've never seen like New Yorkers really hated Cali motherfuckers. Yo, I grew up. Yo, like, listen, man. No, I'm sorry. Go, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead, go. Ahead. No, I'll say I grew up. Not everybody was like you can't like Biggie Smalls. You can't like the East Coast shit. You had a love Tupac growing up. It was growing up in L.A. You couldn't like East Coast shit like that. You see what I'm saying? That what you just said right there. Yeah. That, that's equivalent to fighting somebody else's war. Yeah. It's just as equal as like um when people get what they call blackballed. Yeah, cuz if 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 that person doesn't mess with you, all of the people who don't want to lose favor with that person, they don't mess with you either. It's not right. Mm. It's not right, but it happens. Yeah, because I didn't, I didn't get to like like Biggie Smalls till like I was sixteen years old. Till like my other boy was like, "Yo, listen to this," and I was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> but at ten years old, I knew hit him up from top to bottom. Mm-hmm. So it was really like, yeah, it was a, it was a test of time. Like that you couldn't like the East Coast shit, even after that shit. And in the midst of a lot of that, I was coming back and forth out here, and I still was associating and recording with a lot of West Coast artists. People may know that I worked with um, the Alcoholics, mm-hmm. with the uh, Liquidation, um, Mac Ten. Wow, wow. that's heavy West Coast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Blood. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you can't get no deeper than that's the Bloods, man. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I I had an album on Priority Records, and uh, and on that album I kept it diverse. I corrupt on there. Snoop, you mentioned Snoop earlier. Mm-hmm. And yes, he can say Snoop. I work with Snoop. <laughs> no doubt. I just say you gotta start off with the New York rappers. <laughs> I know what you I know what you that mean. Trying to bring back that East Coast West Coast. He's still scarred from the East West. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Trying I'm trying to bring still. it back. We, we kept going. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Nevin. That <laughs> <laughs> was funny. Yeah, but yeah, I was traveling back and forth and, and working with people out here. Oh, Razkaz. Oh yeah, Razkaz. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Dr. Dre at the top of his ap- aftermath era. He had me out here. Um, I've done music for Eve for aftermath that oh, never wow. never came out. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. Yeah, was that when Buster Rhymes and Eve were signed to aftermath? No, that's nah, way, way before, before that. Way before <laughs> at the top of Dre's aftermath. Oh era. shit! Okay, yeah, I was coming out here, going to his house, and and. Dre is, is amazing, man. He just inspired me, man. Just going to his house in his studio, just looking at his whole process and everything. And, you know, I take a little bit of, of everybody and, and use it for myself and let it inspire me. Yeah. What, 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 did you, what did you learn? Like, what, what were you inspired with Dr. Dre? With Dr. Dre? Yeah. Just, he is meticulous. Oh, yeah. It's got to be right. It's got to be right, and um, it's important for it to be right. It's important for it to be right, man. Well, another thing that I, I've always uh, respected him for is his uh, his privacy, mm. the way he, he uh, manages his privacy and just not always being so accessible and crazy in your face all the time. Sometimes it's, it's a little mystery is 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 good and is great in this in this day and time with 
you know, social media. So and, rare. Uh, you know, you can just become overexposed. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I learned that my my Instagram, the numbers, my followers can still increase without me just being on there. Like, I'm just, like, doing, just overexposing mm-hmm. and the unnecessary. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, the whole reason why I'm there and the, what it's all about, it's all about the music, bro. It's all about the music. That's what it come down to. You know what? So during that East Coast, West Coast beef, and you were still work, you were still working with West Coast artists. Yeah. Was anybody on the East Coast giving you like some dirty looks? Yeah, they wasn't feeling you. They was like, yo, why are you working with West Coast artists? Well, like he said, yo, his friends didn't want him to like Biggie, Biggie Smalls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's always so, gonna be. So your people was like, yo, why are you doing this? There was people over there that probably not wouldn't come to me exactly and say that, but I I definitely felt tension mm. from different people on the East Coast. I guess they probably was trying to figure me out, like, yo, bro, yo, what you doing? Mm-hmm. Nah, I'm a businessman, like I told you. And I consider myself to be, like you said, what Goldfinger feels about me. Just always keep it professional, man. Yeah. Because... See, if you lump yourself into that, then you got to abide by it. And you got to live by it. I don't want to be cut off from, I don't want to want it where I can't go to California. I can't work with people in London. No, that's not why I came into this. I came into this loving music and trying to work with as many people as I can. You know what I'm saying? It's a hard time. He never was telling me that uh, Mm -hmm. Pac kind of like, Dish you at one point, right? When you saw yeah. him? Yeah. Um, I came back out here with Riff, Rapping is Fundamental, and our manager. And uh, we just happened to be in Cali. There was a club on Rodale Drive. I'll never forget. Uh, Dr. Dre, I think it was him that had invited us there. It was him or the invitation came through my manager. Something like that. I don't want to be wrong. But anyway, we were invited, and I remember Dre was going to make an appearance there. He was going to be there, and Yo-Yo was going to be there. Yo-Yo. And we had heard that, didn't know, but Pac was going to be there. So pulling up, manager's driving. I'm in the back seat. You know, A.B. got to always be in the front. Most likely he was in the passenger seat in the front. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> JR was on the back on the right with me. So this black uh, Benz drop top pull up. Might have been a BM, but it was black drop top. Pull up right next to us, and we was both at the light. The Cherokee that we was in is longer than the Benz. So when he pulled up, he was a little ahead. So I rolled the window down. I see yo, Pac, what up, man? Yo, it's Mo B. And he said, he looked back, he said. Wow. No shit. When that happened right there, I said, yeah, it's serious, man. Wow. I was like, but Damn. but I got it, though, you know. He couldn't acknowledge me. He couldn't fraternize with me. 
during that time because it would have been controversial. This is all yeah. going back to why you said your boy yeah, yeah. didn't and want you to like, you couldn't like Biggie Smalls. Nah. Oh, man, just just terrible stuff, man, stuff I ain't want to be Yeah, you said if, 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 you're invo- if you involve yourself in it, you have to live by it, and that's, yeah. what, that's what that was, yeah. a, that Wait, was so, a product of. Oh, my God. So you're like excited to see him. You're like, yo, yeah. yo homie, yeah. I'm going to see him. And then that, I mean, it's heartbreaking, right? And then you realize the shit is real. Did you yeah. go to the event or did you like? Yeah, go? we still went. But like you said, yeah, it broke my heart, man. It kind of hurt me, man, because I know how cool we were and everything. But and you never, understood. and you never, you never spoke to him after, or never got to see him after that. Yeah, uh, but I understood. Like I said, you know, it was a situation where we wasn't, it wasn't comfortable for him to fraternize with me, you know. And uh, I just accepted it. I said, all right, okay, I get it. We still went to that party. Oh, yo, did I, did I, if I ever told this, this is the double this. That's right. <laughs> I might have told this story, but I never, I never told the other part of the story. Okay, so he dissed us at the light, right? Dissed me at the light. Okay. Manager parks the car. Okay, so we walk up to the front of the club. Our name is on the list and everything. But there was a long line of other people that they was dealing with. We had to wait. You know that chick with the clipboard? <laughs> <laughs> you can't get past the yeah, chick yeah. with the clipboard. So we waiting, and Pac, he already parked the drop-top beam by then. Mm-hmm. We didn't realize it. That's where he was going, too. So he walked right up, looked right at us, walked right past, <laughs> and went inside, left us outside. Double whammy. Yeah. <laughs> Now I'm like, shit. I just want to like put your shit over your head. Yeah, because people like, yo, ain't they work with them? They work together. Like, why you just this is a classic? But trust me, the people that I'm talking about, the onlookers, believe me, they got it too. They understood it. It was like, yeah, he ain't ain't messing with them right now. So, did you feel unsafe being on the West Coast? After that? I did. I don't know. Like, would y'all have gone in? I don't know. You know what? About it, I don't know. <laughs> you know what? In a sense, yeah, but I think your, your, your character precedes you. Hmm. And everything that is capable of happening to you. If, if you never, ever had a history in your attitude... Or your character of like, you know, like talking shit on rock records, popping junk, <laughs> you know. When people see you, those type of rappers or those type of people, when they see you out in public, they'll be like, yo, diggle that punk ass right there. Go go get him. If you, yo, since, since before even coming into this music business, I feel like I always carried myself like a man. Mm. That's always been important. I get that from my father, man. You know what I'm saying? He taught me that, you know, all of the bravado and the be a man. And if you be the same way at all times, nobody can ever really say, like, you know, he's changing up. He's, you know, I'm the same dude I was in 1993, Mm -hmm. 97, 2015. Always, you know, that's something that comes from my pops. Man, my parents, they instill that in me, you know, just carry yourself well. 
And that right there will speak for itself. And ho- hopefully, that'll be the thing that'll help you escape a lot of trouble. A lot of, a lot of the trouble you see in hip-hop today. I'm just going to say it. A lot, of, a lot of people bring it upon themselves. A lot of bolstering. A lot of, you know, I don't expect you. you everybody's not my age. You're not older. You're not at, at the point in life like I am. But even still, some of these things need to be uh, thought out planned a little bit better when you go places plan out how you're gonna act how you go and because that's the way people perceive you what you put out is what you get mm-hmm. well it's like you, it's like you said where you want you know you want to be recognized for your craft for the work you do yeah not for shit talking right mm-hmm. and i and think for, and yeah. for bolstering and sticking my chest out i don't want to be known for that and i, th- I think nowadays it's just like People, the music the music isn't even enough you know it's like so they have to do something to to have people notice the music the flex and stuff like and then that. at the yeah. time when they're doing all of this you know bolstering or like talking mm-hmm. shit it seems like attention and then like i think motherfuckers mistake attention for love right yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. so like yeah. you know it's attention it's not love yeah. like i heard about that happening right. it doesn't mean i'm buying your like you know yeah, yeah. I, you know, i'm not a fan but yeah of course i know who you are because you just so they got Some a whole shit. bunch yeah. of attention. And, yeah. You know. Or you put a flyer up, right, for a party. I know you had this happen plenty of times before, right? <laughs> or, or you've seen this happen to people. A flyer's up. Like 2,000-something people like the flyer. You go to the party. It's like <laughs> 20 people. <laughs> 25 people there. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. So that's not, you're right, that's fake love. You can't read that. Yeah, yeah, it's just likes, it's just views, and don't don't confuse it, don't get it confused. Yeah, I always just say it's attention. There's attention and love, and it's mm. like you know, attention is one thing, you know, and love is another thing. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying. You got to work for love. Attention is like cheap. Yeah, you know, like a fucking car crash or like people fight, like you know, two home two crackheads fighting on the street to get attention. <laughs> yeah, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Right, yeah, <laughs> so I, like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm a, I'm gonna watch that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, also, can I say something? You know, was totally ironic. I don't know if I'm using the right term. It depends. Coincidental. After all the stuff we're talking about, West Coast. Guess where I moved to, and guess where I live now. <laughs> Los Angeles. Los Angeles. <laughs> I, I, you know, and I moved out here not for music and business reasons. For the weather. I moved out here <laughs> with the biggie say, the women, the weather, the weed. Yeah. <laughs> well, women is a big part of it. Singular, uh, not plural. Woman, she happens to be on the side here. Yeah. And uh, she came along with me here to the interview. That's my whole reason for being in California. Nice. Mm. I came out here to live and be with her. She's special, and we came together, mm. and uh, we have a life together now. And any other friends' benefits in LA, I'll take them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's my real reason. Wow! For, Respect. Shout out to yeah, Stacy. Yeah. It's beautiful. Stacy. Yeah. Shout out to Stacy. Hey, hey, hey! She is so blessed. She was uh, <laughs> she was next to you in the booth last night, just listening to you taking pictures. I was like, oh shit! Yeah, that one. Yeah, and yeah. we and we um that's another thing too. The reason why we came together, we were like two souls in one because she loves vinyl. Mm-hmm. 
I love vinyl. We love uh, records. We go digging together, you know. That's beautiful. If I see an album on the the wall first before her, you know what I mean? (laughs) We are, no, I saw it first. No, I saw it first. <laughs> we could share it. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's why I moved to LA was to be with her. But since I've been out here, I've been connecting with people, um, seeing a lot of people that I always known. People like Raz Cash, shout to him. Mm-hmm. You know, shout to Tash from the Alcoholics. A mm-hmm. um, lot of different people that I'm bumming into. Shout, shout to Smooth B. Wow. Yeah, oh, is he Who's a, another New York plant hey, transplant? Oh, I didn't wow. realize that. I didn't realize that. He's, yeah, he's yeah. in LA? What? He's been out here for like dec I can't say decades, but well over ten years. No shit. I didn't yeah. know if I realized that. Yeah. So how long have you been in LA for now? A year and some months. Pretty recent. Quiet, I'm like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Creepy. Now everybody knows. <laughs> I so I got a question, like to move to another city for for love, mm-hmm. to admit it, you know, to like to to speak about it. Yeah, it's and you know, not not you know, even business didn't have you and work didn't have you move. Yeah, to business another city. didn't bring me here. Being what I did. Yeah. At what point do you think in your life did you prioritize love? Uh, was it always around, or did you kind of see it later in life? And appreciate it a little bit more later in life. You, you know, know what? what? You know what the reality. And if, if, is. if I'm, if I'm, you know, no, no, nah, nah, it's cool. It's cool. <laughs> it's cool. I'll give you a real answer on that. The truth is, after a while, you get tired of being by yourself. Mm. You know, God, God created us like that. We, we need. We were made to be with each other, man, woman. You need a companion, and the older you get. You know what I mean? And the more serious you get thinking about and compromising, you know, you're thinking about your future, your future. Uh, you don't want to compromise that. And we all get lonely. Mm-hmm. You need a companion. She's a companion. She's my soulmate. So, Do you feel like... Um uh, like a like an inspiration or a motivation revitalized when you're with somebody else, and like because you know, sometimes when you're alone, we've had conversations about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no one account. You're like you're not accountable to nobody. You know, you kind of you well when slack. you're single. Yeah, mm-hmm. you yeah. kind of slack off and like uh you know you don't have to answer to nobody. You kind of create your own world and and uh, we were talking about this thing called like being miserable is safe. <laughs> 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 I told you you wanted me to clap before, right? You got me clapping. <laughs> Yo, you know what? Being miserable is safe. It's safe, right? But it don't last. It, yeah. After a while, you're gonna want to be with somebody. I don't care if you yeah, go yeah. and mm-hmm. get a little something for the weekend, <laughs> and then <laughs> crawl back up under that miserable into yeah. that miserable. But we meant to be together, man. You know what I'm saying? I, I like that you share God. that. I like that you share because I, I know a lot of my boys. If my boys came up to me and they're like, "Yo, I'm gonna move to <laughs> LA. LA or Miami or Toronto," I'd be like, "Why you move for a job for work?" <laughs> I met a girl and I, I'll be like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa. Girl, you gotta take it easy over here." You know, you whip, man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think it's, it's I think it's it's great. Like, trust the, your instinct. You know? tr- trust your instinct, and in this lifetime, take some chances, man. Yep. What else can you lose? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, 
I love it. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. whether I'm with her or not, I'm still going to be banging them beats. Still going to be, you know, collecting the vinyl. That part is not going to change. And by being with her, she's not asking me to change. So that's another thing that makes it so comfortable about it. So not like a lot of the people. I know this dude back home where he actually, he's at the point where he got the, you know, he like discogs and the vinyl mail order. He getting the record sent to the job. <laughs> he got to hide it from it. Yeah. <laughs> Can't bring that. Uh, we supposed to be getting this couch. We got to pay this. <laughs> <laughs> Oh shit, that's funny, man. What a that's life. Funny. <laughs> you don't have to do that. I mean, she she Stacey's amazing. You were yeah. just talking about the Silk Sonic vinyl. I gotta get that. She's like, I already pre-ordered it. <laughs> before <Yeah>. me. <laughs> yeah. How you gonna be before me? Come on. I got, she's like, I got you one. Don't yeah, worry. I got you don't one. Worry, I got me one. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I'll get and it. And he's so. still on the podcast. Like, I gotta get <laughs> it. Get it. <laughs> she got you. Good. She yeah. got it for she's you. Holding you down. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. That's funny. So yeah. you I mean Tupac, Biggie, and you know what? I was talking with Never and we mm-hmm. completely forgot. Lost Boys. No. But yeah, the Lost Boys. The Lost Boys. Fuck. And I feel like yeah. no one talks about <laughs> yeah. the Lost Boys enough. Yeah. I agree. Those two singles. Lex, the lead singles, Lex Coop, right? Yeah. Lifestyles yeah. of the Rich, rich and, and Shameless. shameless. Yep. Lex Coop, right? Uh, Can you say it? Lex Coops. You're missing Demons one word. in the bed. Ah! Lex <laughs> 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 about the Chiefs, baby. If I was at the label, I'm like, you're not calling this this song. This is not the song title. <laughs> Jeeps, Lex, Lex Je- Coops, Beemas, and the Benz. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> More people can say yeah. it than can't. Really? Yeah. yeah. I can't I remember. Then there's the lazy that, yeah. ones. They just be like, Jeeps. Yeah. Jeeps. <laughs> <laughs> Shout to the Lost Boys and Mr. Cheeks, who yeah. is still thriving and, and touring and doing shows and recording and everything. Shout to Rest in Peace, Freaky Ta. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Spig Nice. Yeah. Lost Boys. Queens, I mean, right? Are they Queens, right? Jamaica Queens. Jamaica Queens. Jamaica yeah. Queens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How is it working? You were the lead single, both of them. Yeah, I mean um, you're the you're like the lead single. <laughs> you're like the lead single everything, right? Yeah. Lead Craig Mac single. Know, Craig oh Mack. my god! Yeah, what was yeah, amazing yeah, about it was it was flavor in your ear and get down. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I don't think and you said this in in an interview, and I I'm glad you pointed it out. <clears throat> I don't think people realize how big flavor in your ear is. Yeah, like, it was. It was. You said it was on the. It was the number one uh, on the charts. It was um for like hip hop Billboard, right? I can't find the Billboard clipping, but I had to clip that back then. At that time, it's like sixteen it weeks or something. It was sixteen weeks at number one on the hip hop uh, Billboard hip hop chart, and it's that record stayed for a couple of years or however long it took for Miss <laughs> Missy's Hot Boys to come along. <laughs> Missy and Hot Boys broke that record. But up until then, it it was, uh, nobody had ever done the 16 weeks at number one thing. Shit. And how, and, and how did it work out when J-Lo, you, like, you, did you, uh, how, how did that, remember, ain't, ain't, ain't it funny, right? What, doesn't, wasn't it the same beat? A yeah. lot of people sampled ain't that. that. Ain't funny. that funny? Yeah. 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 
Yeah. A lot of people sample that. Um, yeah. Were you there for the remix? Yeah, I did the remix. No, I'm saying like with all the recordings with LL and everybody. I was there. You were there. Every session. Um, yeah. Yeah. And you just at some point we were but like, they didn't but they did their vocals at different times separately no, right right no two people were there I remember that but you were at every single session yeah, yeah. I was at yeah most wow. all of them yeah. at some point were you like this isn't enough rappers we need more <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> got six more in the cut see that was that was, that was Puff Daddy that was his idea just bigger make it bigger and that was his idea but um I want to make this known in this uh, interview because. And there's no secret about it. A lot of people know that created tension between me and him back there. That's what really created. Yeah, that's what created the original. I, I heard about tension. Yeah. Um, the credits for the remix on Flavor in Your Ear. It when I got the record because back then, if you were on like the promos list, they would mail like UPS the record to your house, and it comes in the cardboard box. So I unbox it. I get upstairs. I'm so happy because. <laughs> The vinyl just been pressed. I'm like, yo, ready to play it. I open it up, I look, and it said produced by, in this particular order, re, no, remixed by Sean Puffy Combs, Chucky Thompson, and Easy Moby. And I was like, wait a minute, hold up. Something's not right. Because I remember the original version was recorded at Hit Factory. The remix was done at a studio called sound on sound and i remember puff had booked the session he wasn't even there yet but chucky thompson was there and there was a file cabinet i'll never forget it's this tall ass file cabinet like about that tall and they had me on a table with the beat with the sp 1200 low and i was like reprogramming the flavor in the air beat slightly just little changes i put wow wow well, if you listen to the, mm -hmm. the remix, and it's just slightly different arrangement on the board, it's a slightly different mix. And Chucky Thompson, he sat. I'll never forget, he sat. Rest in peace to Chucky, too, man. Yeah. Good dude, mm -hmm. man. Yeah, Contributed so much to Bad Boy. He was sitting on top of the, the, file, cabinet. the file cabinet, and he was sitting there. I remember, and he was just swinging his legs and just <laughs> looking, watching me throughout the whole thing. It's like, Mo, yo, that's hot. So when I got the record and I looked, I was like, Nobody did the remix for me. Yeah, I know it wasn't Chucky's idea to put it there. And then, you know, all decisions for what's printed comes from the label. Right. So I figured that, you know, it was him. So I went up to the office and I actually brought the record with him. I was like, yo, what happened? And I was like, please, don't, don't do that again. And that's where it seemed like some original tension was created. Mm. I noticed I didn't get no more work over there. Right. Well, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, never yeah, were I asking. Get, I didn't get no. We're asking about the second album, Life After Death. You only had yeah, two yeah. tracks. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't get no no more work over there. And uh, yo, you know what? <clears throat> I'm tired of walking around and just holding stuff in, like, like it didn't happen, or, mm -hmm. or like a certain thing doesn't exist. Yeah, there was tension with that, man. And he probably was un displeased with me and I don't know, probably had certain reserved feelings for me after that. The reason why I didn't work there or whatever. But 
I feel like in his lifetime, you can't lose anything but by being as honest as you can. Mm-hmm. That's the way I felt about that. So that's what I presented to him, what I told him when I came back. Whether he liked that or not, I I'm, wasn't really concerned with that. I'm like, I'm giving you my views and my, my, my opinions, my feeling on that. At least I was honest, and what was inside came out. Mm-hmm. Instead of walking around with it, tighten up and be like, <laughs> I shared what I felt about it. Yeah. I will always share what I feel inside of this. Somebody who don't like that, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. So what was Puffy's response at the time? There was no response. Because mm. after I told him that, I left the office and uh, I noticed that he just didn't put me on projects anymore. Mm. It's crazy because so you're, you, you're the lead yeah. single dude. Like you're the you're you, the guy. You like the you set it off Bad Boy Records. If it wasn't for right. flavoring your ear, the first single. Yeah, the first single. Even ever. the second single too. Get down, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I did like five. There was six on Ready to Die, and five on Project Funk the World. Crack map. Yeah, and you did production most production on both albums than any other producers. On those projects, pretty much, yeah. There was there was a rumor about the set, like we were talking, but there's a, like a little rumor like between the DJs and stuff mm-hmm. why you weren't working as much on Life After Death, and it was because Puffy was making more money using the Hitman and his production team, and he didn't. Want, I mean, that was kind of like what if I what if I told you that that I was approached to be. One of the hitmen. I would definitely believe, I believe that. that. Of course, yeah, yeah. definitely. It's not far fetched. Okay. And was, well, was this? Well, I guess. Well, I guess. I guess you could call it that because it wasn't actually a, a proposal per se to say like I want you to be in my hitman. Um, he proposed an acts to manage me, mm-hmm. and at the time I was with Francesca Sparrow that we yeah, talked Rush. about from RPM at the mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. So. He asked me, "Say, yo, I want to manage you, B. I said, yo, but you know I'm with Fran, right? He did just like this. He said, in other words, like, <laughs> so? Puff, so? Right? That's that puff shit. <laughs> it's like, in other words, like, so? What? And I was like, yo, I'm, I don't know, man. I'm like, I got loyalty to her, and I'm actually signed with them. I don't, I don't know. I'm going to have to get back to you on that one. But I never got back. Was this before um, so, the Flavor in Your Air remits? Before you approached him about? Nah, him? this is after. Oh, wow. This is after. So I don't know. Maybe you could call it. Maybe that added on to the tension. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> While he said no to me. <laughs> what's, a, what's a proper adjective I could add to that? Something like that. Describe it. Maybe disdain. Hmm. If I had to use the right descriptor, might have been that or whatever. I just know this, man. I just. I'm at the point in my life where I, I, I want everything out on, on the table, man, you know? Mm-hmm. And I just want to be honest. Nobody can can fault me for that, for yeah. wanting to be honest and open about things. And and that what I just said, that that is what it is. So because you, you didn't want him to mat or you didn't he didn't you didn't have Puffy manage you. Right, and there was a, a credits issue on the on Flavor Year remix. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
you weren't as involved with the second album. Yeah. And it, it was it Puffy trying to like take more control of everyone that was working under Bad Boy so he can get a little bit of a piece of everything? Or I don't know if it was that, but I know in terms of me, I think probably because of those preceding um, events that had happened, <laughs> that definitely probably explained the lesser of a presence of me on the second album. Right, right. Mm. It made sense. It made sense. And, you know, I ate that. So what was Biggie's response? Like, yo, I want to work with Mo B. Biggie at that time, he was so busy running around and touring and doing. We we wasn't even that that much close at that time. He was so busy just running around. It's almost like I don't think he had a say-so anyway. Mm. Really? I don't think so. How did going back to Cali come about then? Well, yeah, but how did the two records come about? You know, like how did... Because I had a a, a, a stern manager at the time. What up, Los? Peace to Los. He stepped in and he um, basically told Puff, he was like, yo, for all that he did for you on that first album, you better put him on the second album. Say, so, yo, you, you know, you owe some respect to that man. And so that's how the, the two records ended up getting on there. Without that, I don't know. That probably might not even have happened. Mm. That would have been a terrible shame. Yeah, <laughs> going back to Cali is definitely yeah. shout to Los, man. Yeah, it's yeah, funny. Yeah. It's, it's funny how these people behind the scenes can just change the future That's and just true. like yeah, yeah, you know, like just that. If he didn't have that conversation, take the initiative, right? To not only look out, just like. I feel like everyone just goes for self, right? You know, he he cared about me, and he right. saw he saw what was going on. So he was like, "Yo, if you're not gonna react, I'm gonna do something about it." Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. So then those two records, and then what? There was studio time was scheduled. Yeah, yeah. I remember I tracked those um, those two songs at Daddy's house at that time. Mm. Mind you, that session was the last time I saw Big. Which one? Um, I Love the Dough or Going Back? I love. I, I tracked both of those songs. Oh, okay. In the same day. Um, oh, I Love the Dough and... Um, going Back to Cali. Going Back to Cali. Well, so how did that work? Did he pick the beats or you, you know... did you? The beats was agreed to through Puffy. Okay, so you sent like a beat tape or something or... I came up to the office and played them. Just those two, or you had like yeah. a bunch? Remember, we didn't have email now. I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You had to come in, in, in person. It was either I went up to the label and played the beats, or either, um, yeah. Because I, so I'm trying to get into this. I'm trying to get into this. I'm trying to like see it, like, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like, if I'm, if I'm you and I have to go to this meeting, I'm going to put my best beats on like a mm-hmm. tape, right? Mm-hmm. So like how many how many beats did you put on the tape? Well, yeah, there's a story where I submitted eighty beats. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit! No, for real, for Wait, life after death, and he turned all of them down. Wow. Oh. So were you in front of you while you're playing them? Kinda. Oh shit! Wait, so you're sitting there running through eighty beats, mm-hmm. and you're watching him just say skip, 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 mm-hmm. pass, and be like nothing. Mm-hmm. No, so I thought back, right? 
And a lot of people don't realize 80 this. beats. That's it's fucking long, crazy. That's a lot. <laughs> yo, shout to you for, yo. Any beats, beats that like, he passed up that later on got like taken by somebody else that we made him know? Yeah. Oof. You gotta you gotta give us something. You gotta give us something. Let us know what which ones. Yeah, but um, look, but I but I remember, I remember this though, when when he turned a lot of all of them down, and it was mainly because he said it on the second album. We taking a different direction. Mm -hmm. We did all that hard shit. We did the. He said, "Now I want to be more radio and more club." So. With that direction in mind, I thought about it and I told him, I said, now a lot of people don't know this still to this day. I said, yo, Puff, what about the um, I Love You More that I was trying to do on the first album? Because originally, I Love You More, which became I Love The Dough. Mm -hmm. The sample concept for I Love You More, Renee and Angela, I presented that during Ready to Die. Really? Wow. Oh, my God. But but look, reverse, he wasn't ready for that then. Mm -hmm. yeah. But for this, now that we're, we're going in the direction of more radio and club, okay, now he's ready for it. So I remember I said, so what about the um, I Love You More? And his exact words was, I, I remember he said, well, hook it up then, nigga. <laughs> no, no, I, no, serious. I remember his exact words. That's what he told me. So I went... And I hooked it up, I laced it, and um, then um, it was Los, because Los was from L.A. I asked Los, because um, this is in the midst of a lot of all of that East-West stuff, and I asked Los, I said, yo, I know in New York, uh, Love is the Message, by MFSB was that house party joint that used to get like I've been at at block parties park jams back in the day and Love is the Message come on in Brooklyn mm. God 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 it's just like people no not real violence that's just people just they their affirmation you know, yeah. you know what I mean the declaration of like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> the equivalent to a DJ yeah, they really start they really start popping a few off cause that's their jam so I ask Los I say yo what is that on the west coast what is that record that house party joint that that classic that and he said, man, more bounce. I said, I want to I want to do something with that. But. So you wanted to, you wanted to make a beat or record that would kind of bring Biggie back to the to the West a little bit like no no even more so than that that would bring everybody together right so you had that intention yeah I was in, gonna ask in you the what midst, in the midst of all of this craziness how about we all forsake all of that and just be grooving just like to mm -hmm. one joint and when Los told me that I said I gotta do something to that man but I was like Yo, 
500 people that already worked and sampled that record. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> from from EPMD, mm-hmm. which was kind of like the first one. Yeah, yeah. You know, you got to chill, all the way up to uh, MC Breed, the future in the front. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I said, I'm having two conversations with myself now. I said, Yeah, but you better hook it up like nobody has ever mm-hmm. used it. And I just went into this serious intricate sample chopping. Matter of fact, there's people that have asked me, say, yo, you had the master to that? I said, nah. I just chopped it really well where like the song could be broken down. You could actually move the faders and all the separate parts was there. And then when it's like that, when you got to that point, you can do whatever you want with it. You can rearrange it. And Biggie recorded on it. I got back. One of um. Wait, wait not to, sorry to interrupt you. I want mm-hmm. to rewind back. So you, he already you were like you were selling the concept to him. Yeah. And he was like he was like I, no 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 I no. didn't even sell the concept I just made the beat. Mm. So you didn't and tell him presented it. You didn't tell him your nope. anything behind. Nope nope I didn't talk to and he just, about that. And just, I didn't he talk. knew he just knew who Biggie, Biggie. he just knew to to write about. Going That's back it. to Cali. This is what I'm saying. Okay, okay. I made the <laughs> Relax, beat. let the man talk. <laughs> I made the beat and and um I submitted it. Remember, I went to the studio. That's the last time I saw him. Tracked it. Biggie loved the beat. I guess Puffinum had turned it into him. He's like, Yeah, yeah. So I didn't know what he was gonna write to it. When that day, I waited until like two o'clock in the morning, something like that. Shouts to D Dot, Derek D Dot and Angeletti. Hey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the hitmen who tracked the beat for me that day. And uh, I waited as long as I could for him to come back to the studio. I've told this story a lot. Um, Biggie and Jay Z, they was like walking back and forth in the studio, just mumbling to themselves. They did that for a while. And then Biggie stepped over to me and he said, yo, I'm going to be right back. Um, me and Jigga, this is his exact words, me and Jigga going to step out. They left, and I remember I waited until 2 o'clock in the morning, something like that. Big never came back. I told D-Dot, I said, um, yo, I got another session in the morning. I got something to do. So um, tell Puffin them, let me know when the next session is. I never got notice of another session. Mm. However, Biggie recorded to it. To going back to Cali. Going back to Cali, strictly for the weather, women and the weed, sticky green, no seeds, bitch, please. Papa ain't soft, dead up in the hood, ain't no love lost. And then Biggie and Jay did the I love the dough. And then they added on the original artist, Angela Wimbush. Mm-hmm. And then so when the song was done, that's when I heard that it was going back to Cali. That was his idea. That was something that he put together. Matter of fact, 
what's his name from Junior Mafia? He was out in L.A. He was out here, and he came back early. You see, yo, big and I'm out there balling, man, having mad fun. I was bugging, especially the climate that it was that he said that. Anyway, he said, anyway, yo, you heard your joint? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, nah, what, what are you talking about? He said, you're more bounce joint. Like, nah. He said, he called it going back to Cali. I said, Ooh. yo, what are you talking about, man? What is he doing? <laughs> I was upset. I was afraid because I didn't know what it was about. You thought it, it was, said. right? Yeah. You thought it was going to be going like, after y'all can't yeah. touch me, I'm out here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but going back to Cali is really a, a celebration of, yeah, Cali. yeah, of okay. California. Mm-hmm. It was in no kind of way down in it or whatever. But from the from the title, you thought he was going to yeah, talk shit. Yeah, and I was like, yo, what are you doing, man? Don't drag me into this. I don't want to be a part of. Yo, that's fucking frightening, though. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, if, yeah. yeah. if you made the beat. Or for, the West Coast. For Cali, this song. Oh, yeah. Nah. They would have yeah. been after Yo, <laughs> it would have been over. Yeah. You couldn't come in. You might have been. You couldn't come into it. You had to stay <laughs> out of it. She was in the room to New York. She was in the room to New York. Stacey, you would have to go to New York. I'll be checking in in the, in the bathroom at the airport. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, bro, you step aside. Yo, uh, can, you, can you imagine if it was a Cali, this song? Oh, and he didn't even know about shit. it. Right. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, but <laughs> thankfully, man, he didn't. Yeah, he it's didn't. It's like, get Pop, you can put your name on the production credit yeah, on this, this one. one. Yeah. <laughs> this one is all you, man. Yeah. Right, producer Just something. give me my money. Like, give it to D Dot. He tracked it. Yeah, give it to D Dot. Man, I'm so glad that he didn't get into that on that song. And I love the song to this day, you know. Timeless, man. I was surprised. I was shocked when I heard the song for the first time. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, shit. Like, He's bigging up Cali. And after like, after it was made, I forgot what reason I had to come back out here for. I came to LAX and I had one of them, you know, the Lincoln Town cars or whatever. Yeah. They'd be standing there waiting with the card like, yeah. Harvey? Yeah, come <laughs> with me. <laughs> so I went and we get in the car. He takes my bag, put it in the trunk, and then we get in the car. I'll never forget this. Uh, going back to Cali was on the radio. We was in the car. I don't have no conversation with him. I'm just sitting in the back seat. And I was like, wow, they like it. They playing it. Yeah. That put me more at ease. Because mm-hmm. I didn't know how, you know, West Coast would take it, even though the lyrics is celebrating mm-hmm. West Coast and Cali. But when I got in the car and that um that driver, Lincoln Town Car Driver was it was on the radio. I said, hmm, mm. okay. It must be a great feeling though, right? It's like I love it when a plan comes together, like some A team handleable shit, right? Yeah. <laughs> because it was like there was an unspoken message just from the beat. Mm-hmm. Biggie got it and he executed it. In a positive way. Yeah. And yeah. A, and and it, yeah. does it yeah. kind of suck? Do you do you kind of wish you were in a studio session? You know, you were involved and stuff? Yeah, for whatever reason that um I didn't get a call to come back to the session to finish it. And see, what was important to me about that is that all of the records I ever did, it was always important for me, the label, and the artists for me to be there to mix my joints. Right. Because people know I had a special touch to mixing. I had to do my drops, the <laughs> drops, and 
And then the EQ is a part of it and everything too. But on that session, I don't know if it was because he needed to just hurry up and finish the album or what it was about. Mm. But I didn't get that call to come back to finish and mix my joint. I wonder if that was just puffy, just being petty. <laughs> just I like, have no idea, but the mix of it came out dope. Yeah. But uh, shoot, I wanted to see Angela Wimbush too, though. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm not yeah. joking. I'm not lying. Yeah. I really wanted to no. see her do her thing too. I always regret, Not I can't even regret is not even the right word. I'm like a disappointment, right? I'm hurt that I yeah. never got to see Jay and Big. I was just gonna ask you too, throw like, the verses yeah. back and forth mm. and all. That. I I didn't have the opportunity to witness that. Mm. Did you know Jay was gonna be on the track? Nah, right. Well, remember the last time I saw him? Remember they was walking pace and walking back and forth, rhyming. So I know Jay wasn't wasn't um just hanging out for nothing. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they both wrote to themselves in their mind. So I saw what they was doing. I was like, oh, okay, they're going to get on the joint together. Wow. Yeah, man. You, I, just, you just weren't sure which song they were going to go on together. Um, It's hard to remember. I think Big might have told me, he's like, yo, I'm going to put Jigga on this joint. Put Jay on this joint. But I didn't get to witness it. Mm. <laughs> that sucks. Damn. Yeah. Damn, man. Do you, do you listen t- to it back and be like, ah, oh, I would have done this. I would have changed certain things here or... I was taking the beat out. Or I would have added something here. Absolutely. Oof. Absolutely. What? Oh, you mean on those two songs? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There's certain things in there I heard. Well, yeah. what? You want? Can you share them? <laughs> Just drops. Just drops. Drops. Like, like, because my drops have always. I use I always do drops against the vocals. I let the vocals tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. You know. uh, they say a certain word, you know, or it's just, you, just, you got to expose certain parts. Mm-hmm. The vocals tells you what to do, where where to drop something. You know what I mean? Oh, man. Mm-hmm. I heard the story about uh, Method Man and him recording the white, that they were doing kind of the similar thing, or was that all just? Yeah, yeah. They're walking back and forth and just rapping with each other. Throwing the verses back and forth, yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's crazy. Wow. Mm-hmm. I always heard that story. That's the, the, the only track, that's probably one of my favorite songs on Ready to Die. The what? The, the what? what? I played that track over and over and over and over again. The beat was just like, once Grand. again, simple, hard, but it's like perfect. A, a lot of all of my other joints might have been drummed up. And mm-hmm. That's the most raw song out of all. Maybe that's what you like about it. And only features. Maybe that's what it is. And they were just you could tell they were just going at it just like yeah. mm-hmm. damn. Hmm. It's funny because the other feature on that album would have been Sadat X, right? There was a Sadat X song that yeah. was gonna make it. But it never they never put it on the album. Oh, oh, I think you're talking about um Come on, motherfucker, come on. Lord Finesse joint. Yeah. Mm. Exactly, yeah. Lord Finesse produced that. Mm-hmm, yeah. yeah, but it didn't make the album. Instead, uh, Law Finesse's uh, Suicidal... Suicidal Suicide. Thoughts. Ten- thoughts. Thoughts, yeah. Suicide Thoughts, yeah. yeah. That, one, that Law Finesse joint made that out. I want to ask you a question. Uh, you spoke about these unreleased tracks with Big E and everything. I know probably everyone asked you about this to death. Mm-hmm. You said there was a, like a Me and My Bitch remix. 
There was like an OG version of like Dead Wrong. Mm-hmm. There was uh, What You Want. And then you said like there's another track you couldn't even find, Money, Clothes, and Hoes or something. Mm-hmm. Were, you, were you able to find the Money, Clothes, and Hoes? And then also, are, are you waiting? Do you have any intention to do anything with this music? Well, at this point right now, it's even beyond Bad Boy original um, mother label, Arista, which now, really, I think Bad Boy is Warner Brothers' property. Mm. Be Even beyond that, the estate probably... Um, you would, have, you would have to get um, permission with them. I'm not looking to put out anything, man. They want to use it. They need me to mix it. I will, but I'm not looking to put out nothing. I think we biggied out. <laughs> For real. Um, a lot of them songs been recycled just so much, man. Yeah, yeah. I know you I, hear I, the same verses on a lot of different other records. I wanted to ask you how you feel about the Biggie albums that came out after he passed, after he died. The Reds and everything. All those posthumous albums. Exactly. Um, The Biggie duets. It was cool. But nothing was like the chemistry that I I feel like that I had with him Mm -hmm. when he was here. I'm pretty sure a lot of the people that made the records from the tapes, we'll tell you that too. Because there was a lot of good records that was made out of that, but there's probably a lot of people that envy the fact that I had the opportunity, not just me, but Premier, Lord Finesse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rest in peace, my brother, uh, not actual brother, but he's right across the hall from me. My first DJ partner, good brother, man. Norman G, we called him, from the Blues Brothers. The Blues Brothers did um, the original One More Chance. Mm. Things done changed. And um, me and my bitch. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Do, do you, at the time, did, uh, did you have competition with producers? We all are in competition. I always call it yeah. friendly competition. Who do you think was your biggest comp? Or you were kind of watching him. Kind of oh, like come on, man. He's <laughs> really, really <laughs> He really cornering me right now. Like who, I wouldn't who, say who's your magic, you know, magic and bird? Who who was that? You ain't gonna who, do this to me today. <laughs> <laughs> you said you said you want you want to leave it out all on the table. <laughs> <laughs> okay, look, look, look. Okay, if you want to talk about at that time, um forces. To reckon with, Pete Rock, mm. DJ Premier. Mm-hmm. There's so many. Um, Diamond D, Lord Finesse, Large Professor. I go on and on and on. And I love and respect all of them. Each and every one of them I just said, and more. I know them. And to this day, we should we go go places and sit down and get to eat together? Me and uh, Lord Finesse, we had a thing with that. Um, me and Premier, he's, he calls me up. We still talk. Very cool. But the friendly competition. Yeah, the one. It's always going to be there. 
You have to understand you in a, in a business where you do the same thing as many others. Like Mary J. Blige, you know, she can see um, Alicia Keys and see her smiling. Hey, <laughs> she turn around and be like, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to eat you on this next yeah. album. That's, listen, that's only natural. Yeah. We, 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 we competitors. But we comrades also, too. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. So is there, but is there one where you're just like, <laughs> Gee, you, you see, you keep pushing, right? Why you pushing it? You see, you keep pushing, right? Is there one that just. It sounds like it's premiere. Nah, man, you ain't taking me there. <laughs> I said, I said, I'm going with premiere. Is it this time? No, nah, I'm saying. Huh? <laughs> I'm saying Pete Rock. <laughs> I was just saying premiere because it sounds. Yeah. Premiere and Pete Rock. Yeah, it has to be Premier mm-hmm. Premier P. Rock. Come on, man. They had a stronghold. Yeah, with Illmatic yeah. and he's ready to die. I mean, it's just... Yeah. And even still now to this day, man, just still, you know, amazing, man. Um, Talk about people that I really, really admired and get a, didn't get a chance to meet them. And to this day, they still influence me. Jay Diller. Mm-hmm. I never had the opportunity to meet him. That brother was a deep brother, man. Musically, he was a workaholic. He was a machine. He seemed like how I used to be in the 90s, be in the house for like two days, don't eat, don't sleep, don't take a bath, wash your ass, <laughs> go to no, no uh, what's that, celebrity parties, didn't care about none of that. Just Yeah. And we lost him so soon, man. Yeah. Mm, rest in mm. peace. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you. I've, I've been talking to some people. There's, they, uh, listen, there's yeah. there's cats out there that don't always get the name shout mm-hmm. that was tearing things up and forces to be reckoned with. My man Nick Wiz. I don't know if you see. He said, oh. hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> "Yeah, it's like people that don't haven't gotten a, a lot of the." the promotion and the kind of press like a lot of others have, but people like Nick Wiz, you know, go back and you listen to a lot of his stuff. Shouts to my brother, my own brother, LG Experience. He produced Ill Out Scratch. He's worked with Nas on remixes. Um, oh yeah, LG Remixes, I've been seeing that. I saw that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. LG Experience, <laughs> not because there's another LG. Okay, yeah. am, I mix, am I mixing them up? Or not? And that's your actual brother? Yeah, he's wow. my actual brother. Wow. And shout to LG, man. So you, are like, you've been described as like a studio rat. Like you, you were just talking about Jay Diller, just like staying in and just like working on beats nonstop. I mean, you came, you came to Puffy with 80 beats. That's kind of crazy. <laughs> that's, that's not normal, is it? Like, I mean, I, I don't, it's cool to go out and stuff like that, but I'm, I'm like a, a, a music man, like a homebody. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? That's what I really, really care about, uh, the music. Um, I can't confirm that, but I can only assume I think Dre is like that, too. He seems like he's like that. Mm-hmm. Dre seems like he don't really care about the parties and I mean he did before and, though right he was wilding during out. the NWA years. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was definitely the DUIs and whatnot the easy E pool parties I was talking to Golfing he was like you was 
always in the studio. You like kind of right. never went out. But he said the once like a few times that you did hang out. Yeah. You was at like the Palladium when they crowned Biggie King. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And then he was like, that was like but you a can, big thing. You can tell the people who care most about what though. Hmm. The studio rats. <laughs> yeah. How about that's me. What can I say? Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> I kinda wanted to get your your um your take on the Palladium and just being there. And kind of seeing all the work you did with Biggie and Bad Boy and, and everything and then seeing him being crowned and, and whatnot. Did you ever like get a moment while it was happening in real time to be like, wow, this is like making history here. We're making some of the, some of the best hip hop. I knew it was going to be big, but at the same time, you're just having fun and you're moving real fast and you're doing it. You're not even realizing actually what you're doing until it's done. Like the people... They report back to you. They let you know what you did, if it was good enough or whatever. Right. What you got to do is, and we're talking about going out, parties and stuff like that. I had to go out to, like, the tunnel mm. in New York City back then. Go to places like that, and you see and you hear your own music. You oh, see man. the response. Like you said, the Palladium. Huge clubs, you know what I mean? Um then you'll really understand the impact. Mm-hmm. Dude, I remember when Flavor in Your Ear came out. That oh was God. everywhere in New York. Every club you went to, that was like the biggest song of the night. Before the remix. Before the remix. Exactly, mm-hmm. yeah. When that first came out, everybody was like, oh, who, who is this? First, nobody really knew who Craig Mack was. But they, was, they didn't even worry about Craig Mack. They was like, the production was bananas. They was like... Mm-hmm. This fucking beat is crazy. Oh. This is like some futuristic shit. Yeah. Maybe one of the top top five or top ten beginnings of any song, of any hip-hop song. Yeah. You think so? I think so. It's definitely up there, man. Oof. To the point where Yo. his first line may have been the weirdest first line ever. Just like Uniblab, robotic kicking flab. <laughs> but that didn't matter because... The beat just hit so fucking hard. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All about the beat, man. So it's just, exactly. just like, you and the, we were just like, <laughs> what? But the beat is just like, oh, this shit is hot. We, we can overlook the lyrics. The beat is fucking dope. <laughs> like, everybody's singing just like Uniblab. Why? Because the beat was just that crazy, the way it started. I think it's one of the best intros. It's just like, yeah, crazy. Yeah, it was important to me to put those intros in there. Even warning. Um, warning with the You know why you, the the intros was so important, and they still are to me. Is that's just my dedication and concern for the DJ. Mm. You gotta always leave something for the DJ to cut up. Mm-hmm. See, so you know that they're gonna bring it back and they're gonna have fun mm-hmm. with the and then just bringing back Craig uh, flavor in your ear. Exactly. Yeah. You know, oh, that's cool. I'm sorry. Yeah, the records are <laughs> too excited. The records are made that way, just like um, Explosive off of the 2001 at yeah. mm-hmm. The fact that he started with just the guitar, the everything else is out. And you hear the yeah. now he know, yeah, yeah, that. Or if he didn't realize that, us DJs, we hear, we see it, and we hear it differently. We're like, cut that up. Over and over. 
Yeah. I don't care if it's just an intro, intro like a roll or whatever, something for the DJ to play with. Uh, they don't yeah. think about the DJ enough. Producers anymore. New now producers don't, don't oh, give. No, no, yeah, records are like, not made like like with the DJ in mind. Not at all. Yeah, a lot of times true. records just start with just the keyboards. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You yeah, when we mean? started, ha- when I, when like we opened like the vinyl room at Intrigue, you know, that we had to get a lot of like new records. We got all the Drake records, like control, mm-hmm. like, and I'm like, now you're, you're, it's like a, you're pressed for time. You got a record going. You're like, okay, I'm going to play controller. I'm going to play something from a Drake record. And you're like, where the fuck? Okay. Yeah, yeah, start this. Uh, I guess, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> and it's like, you know, but some people are against like the intro, outro culture. No, and I'm about of to say, the that's why pools, they put out the you know? intros. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Uh, like yeah. one of the biggest it's, songs ever, The Box, right? Uh, Rowdy, Rowdy Rich. Rowdy Rich. Oh, yeah, okay. I mean, it's like, how do you, you know, like, how do you start that record? <laughs> it's just like, it's crazy. <laughs> but no matter what, whatever's there in the beginning, they still cut that up. Right? Yeah. They still run it back, run it back. But all of that comes back to the DJ mm. and what Grandmaster Flash and. DJ Breakout, all of those DJs did back then. It's about the breakdown. That's where that comes from. Don't y'all forget about the DJ, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> DJs still yeah. like to cut up two copies of yeah. joints. I was going to ask you this earlier. Um, do you still have any vocals or any recordings of Tupac? Songs that's already done. Remixes. But not, not a... Heard? Not no... Okay. Never... Unreleased, never released before. No unreleased joints. Now in 2022, you're coming to Vegas. You're DJing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're DJing on on stream live streams. You know, IG live. Yep. And I'm 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 sure you're still producing. Yep. How do you approach producing now in this in this in this kind of in this new phase of your life, moving to LA? How, how do you approach it? From what? like, what's your intention? From what aspect? Like when you're making when you're making production, are you making it for yourself, or is there focus, or you know, like what is the intention behind the production? Most of the stuff that I do, and I like to make beats on my spare time, not because somebody say, "Yo, I need this," Mm. like like a beat like "Flavor in Your Ear." Believe it or not, that was not made for Craig Craig Mack. Mm -hmm. The um joint that ended up on the show soundtrack I don't know why I'm thinking about my block for Tupac mm-hmm. beats like that Though they weren't made for them it was me on my spare time just making music um, what's his name um, Craig Mack five to six months later I ended up presenting that to Puffy a bad boy and then he took it that's some of the best music that like yeah, you could tailor something, especially for somebody, but the beats that are the best are the ones where you're not even thinking about anybody, anything. You're just having fun, like, mm-hmm. and it just they they end up being the best beats because mm-hmm. you're not under pressure. You're taking your time and you're doing something because you want to do it. Simple as that. So I like to work um, comfortably, not under pressure. 
and I notice the, the music comes out better that way. Mm-hmm. You know, it's good to have a stash already ready. You can you can be prepared if you have to work on the spot, create on the spot, but ain't nothing like having that stash that is waiting. Is there like an, <laughs> is there an artist that you want to work with? And I, and I this is like kind of a two part question. Mm-hmm. Do you think? Do you think? Is there an artist you want to work with? And then, do you think the most effective way to make good music is for a producer to work exclusively with that artist? Kind what of you, like you mean, like a full album, a full album, or like just recording multiple songs and not just a one-off song or two songs, you know. Mm. And if there's if there's an artist that you see that you're like, damn, I would love to just work with them, but this kind of just like like you said, be in the studio, just eat, sleep, music, and then see, see what see what you can come up with. Even after all of this time, and above and beyond a whole bunch of new artists, we did do one song that was at an unreleased level, but it's become an underground classic. Still to this day, I still would love to work with Nas. Mm. Wow. You know why? Because I feel like he got the kind of content that fits on my beats. Like, I look at my music as, like, serious. Mm-hmm. And he's, like, serious. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So it, it goes together. So I guess, yeah, even after all of this time, yeah, I could see why didn't He's this ever happen? Nas. You and Nas, why you, you guys never worked together? I don't know. I have no idea. Just not crossing paths, being busy, whatever. But we did do one joint in the studio. It went as far as the title of Life is Like a Dice Game. Wake up every morning thinking what we're going to do today. What we're going to do today. It's got to be a better way. got to be a better way. To know what pain is the price of fame. Life is like a dice game. He only did one verse, and then it was unfinished. It's like an underground classic. It's a, is but it leaked it, it's somewhere? never been finished. It is. You can find it on YouTube. Ooh. Yeah. Have you ever heard it? No, I haven't. Wow. And he's singing on it. <laughs> Harmonizing with layered harmonies. Yeah, because lyrically, man, he, he's still on a level, man. Just, he still got it. What? Yeah. Mm. So, and... To fully answer your question, the, the second yeah. question was about, do you feel like you have to work intimately with one artist on a full album? What was the question? Is that ideal? Is it ideal to work with an artist, kind of like what you did with Biggie, with Ready to Die, what you did with Miles Davis, you mm-hmm. know, with a handful of artists where you're kind of in there and you're, you're kind of honing in a sound, you're like molding a sound with them? It's cool, but I don't think it's always necessary because you take like on uh, Ready to Die. They also ended up being DJ Premier. You're right. Mm-hmm. Lord Finesse, um, the Blues Brothers, um, Nasheen Myrick. Mm-hmm. Um, a nice blend, wherever it's coming from. It could be from just one producer or an array of producers, it don't matter. As long as you get that blend and that sequencing is right, as long as it flows and the continuity of the album is dope. Because look at Genius. His first album, that was mm-hmm. 10 songs by me, four from my brother, 
and Jesse West did the lead song, the, the lead um, single. single. The album flowed well, in my opinion, back then. Mm -hmm. You know? I just have one question, but it has, I mean, I think we covered everything, mm -hmm. but there was something I just found out recently that um, you was at Madison Square Garden with Big Daddy Kane when um, Biggie and Tupac came on uh, stage. The Garden Freestyle? The, the Garden yeah, Freestyle. Yeah, yeah. Where Brooklyn at? Yeah. Where Brooklyn at? Yeah. 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 yeah, me and my group that I was in, me, AB, and JR, we was on stage. That was another tagging behind Big Daddy Kane. He's like, yo, want to come to my show? Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah. <laughs> Did you know it was being recorded or you just thought it was just going to be a freestyle and that was going to be it? Well, I know DJ Mr. C, man. He was a, he always a tape deck fanatic. Uh -huh. He recorded everything. So if C was DJing, and he was, mm -hmm. I knew he was going to be taping that. We're Brooklyn at? We're Brooklyn at? We're Brooklyn at? We're Brooklyn at? We're going to do it like this. Hey, tell you about it. Check it. I got seven back 11s, about eight. 38s, 9s, 10 Mac 10s, the shit's never in. You can't touch my riches, even if you had MC Hammer and them 357 bitches. I thank the Lord for my many blessings. Don't stress and keep my best for protection. From the power of a spin the west. And all my niggas in the pen, here we go again. Ain't nothing separating us from my best. You said Mr. C was like, the first, he played you Biggie's demo back in the day. Yeah. And then so when you... Because when he moved out of LG, I told you, I lived on the eighth floor and he lived, I lived... On 11, never forget, he moved to Gates and Franklin near the corner there in Brooklyn. Anybody from Bed-Stuy, they know that. And uh, I used to go and check him. Just drop by, yo, what up, see? He's like, yo, check out this new demo. There's this new cat. And he had him rhyming over, um, it was a wild pitch artist called Hard Knocks, School of Hard Knocks or something mm -hmm. like that. Was an artist on a wild pitch. I think it was a James Brown instrumental, and he was getting loose on that. And I heard him. I didn't think none of them. I said, yo, all right, peace later. Months later, I was paired and put together with that guy. Wow. Biggie. So. That's crazy. Amazing. Mm -hmm. Small world. Like, <laughs> that things happen, yeah, yeah. Especially just being in the same building with all these, like, greats and legends. <laughs> yeah, right? The same neighborhoods and everything. So to answer your question, yeah, I was on the stage when they did that. Yeah. When they did that freestyle. Was he there. Uh -huh. he was on yeah. 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 Um, what do you call it? Yeah. I think we'll, we got to wrap it up because it's going long too, right? Yeah, and yeah. You guys got to leave. Got a flight. Oh, shit, yeah, yeah. Get some grub. Yeah. It, was to it was cool, though, <laughs> man, talking. <laughs> yeah. Getting it out. Getting it all out, you know what I mean? Yeah. Thank you. Now it's the era to be open and honest, man. Yeah. You know, um, bear all. Easy Moby. It's important. Easy Moby, thank you for coming through and, and Appreciate uh, coming on Roll yes. Podcast, man. This is a yeah. real honor for us. She's a it's a definite like bucket list for us. Like yeah. you know, when we when we name like our top five guests, mm. I mean this is one of them. So for yes. us, this is uh absolutely this means a lot. Eddie, thank you it's for right another, yeah. yeah. My pleasure. Thank man. you for it, coordinating this. Yeah, show. no doubt, man. No doubt. And hopefully no we'll doubt. see you more at uh on, on the, the record. record. Yeah, man. It'd be great. I would love to sure. no, spend <laughs> honor with you. I'm a I'm a forty five junkie or <laughs> 
So you so, take me digging? Yeah, yeah, oh, yes. They oh, got yeah. digging spots out here? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, that's what I want to know. Yeah, let's do yeah. it. Let's we got to put some time uh, aside. You got a refrigerator that. where you keep all your records? Because <laughs> <laughs> that's a question that I wonder. Like, people with vinyl collections out here, where do they keep them? Yeah, I you just can't go to, on yeah. vacation for like two weeks. And not leave your AC on. Yeah, I just. No, nah, it's not too man. The house is not that bad. Like, yeah, in the crib. Yeah, in school. Yeah, other than fourteen. But you yeah. better you better have you know some kind of battery backup if if the power oh, goes out and yes. shit like that you yeah. know and stay <laughs> off the grid at some capacity. Uh, yeah, know, ne- uh, never's lying my- though because he don't turn on the AC. <laughs> <laughs> he's so he's so cheap. <laughs> he's, he's so cheap. He's like, you know, uh, when do you turn shit. it on? When it's like 95, 98? I mean, nah, it has to be like, try to wait until it has to be like one hundred five. One hundred five. You know what? Yeah, it has to be over hundred, uh, and it has to be in June. Yeah, May or June. But. No, oh, no peak hour. AC. Yeah. All right. Yo, easy. Cool. Thank, thank you so much for coming. Thank you. Appreciate thank it. Yeah, man. Thank you. Had a good shit. talk with y'all, man. Good shit, right, man. Take care. Oh, Thanks, kid. Peace. Peace. Thanks for tuning into the Road Podcast. Don't forget, every Wednesday, we have new episodes on all major streaming platforms. And every Thursday, the video versions go up on our YouTube page. Please subscribe to our channel, youtube.com slash roadpodcast. And to find exclusive clips of the pod, please visit youtube.com slash DJ City. And we'll see you next Wednesday.